You are listening to The Dr. Kinney Show, and I'm your host, Erin Kinney, a naturopathic doctor and speaker who's passionate about teaching you how to understand what is happening in your body, why your body is reacting the way it is, and how to make the appropriate changes in your life to get your body back into balance. Something I've learned from my private practice is that the more patients know about their health, the more likely they are to make better diet and lifestyle choices, which ultimately leads them to a faster recovery. Each week, you are going to learn actionable tips, tricks, and teachings from myself, along with the help of top experts in the holistic health community, so that you can make better informed decisions about your body and your healthcare. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Kitty Show. This week I have joining me Joe Dodd, who is an author and a coach who specializes in helping women who want more. We're going to have a chat today about depression and all the different ways that it can affect women. Joe, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to have you here and excited for you to tell your stories. So we can talk a little bit more about it. Thanks so much, Erin. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. So why don't you tell my listeners, how did you get into this and tell, tell me your story? Okay, it's, uh, I'll try and give you the clip notes because it's quite long. <laughs> so basically, I'm originally from England. I came over here to America as a student in my early 20s and set to work in corporate America. I started working for a Fortune 500 company, got married, got pregnant very young and just started sort of on that hamster wheel, just working, working, working. And I think as many mums can relate, I over the years, I, I lost myself. I just became engrossed in both corporate America, trying to climb the ladder, and also in being a mum. I'm now a mum to four, four boys, <laughs> which I wouldn't, wouldn't change for the world. I absolutely adore them. And at the same time, I'm realizing quite what I've been through in the past you know, few years. My oldest son is 25 and my youngest is 10. So we have quite, quite a gap between them. But really, my story came about from really in, when COVID came around in 2020, I was put on furlough from my job with Corporate America. I was leading a small learning and development team. And when furlough hit, at first, I didn't know what to do. I had no idea how to stop, how to just exist because I was used to that constant working, working, working mode. And it really hit me that I didn't know how to relax. <laughs> And at the same time, all of this stuff that had been sort of brewing in me started coming up. So in stuff, I mean depression. So I didn't realize quite how depressed I was. I had no idea, in fact. And I've been hiding that from everyone, including myself, really, for so many years. And when I stopped, when I stopped working, sort of was forced to stop working with my furlough was when I was actually able to start to figure out, okay, what is it that's going on with me? Why do I feel like this? And then secondly, what am I going to do about it? And I didn't find the answer straight away. I really knew that I wanted more. I was very appreciative of the job that I had. I was very, I loved the company I was with and I'd been with them for nearly 25 years, but I just knew that there was more for me. And I had, I'd always had that feeling that I wanted to write. I wanted to coach. I'd, I'd been coaching in many various roles, you know, through being a leader. And so I took the time, like I was on a six month furlough. So I thought, why not? It's now or never. <laughs> and I just started writing. I had children's books in my head that I started with. So I've now published three children's books and 
more than that, though, there was this book that I just felt like I needed to write for mums. And it just, like, it just came out of me. And I don't know exactly how, <laughs> but it just was there. And at first it was going to be like this sort of self-help book that I was writing for mums like me who didn't realize how depressed they were or didn't realize, you know, that there was light all around them. They just had to sort of reach out for it. But as I was starting to write that, it felt heavy. And it, I sort of sat there and thought, well, if I'm writing a self-help book for someone like me, I don't have time to read a self-help book. <laughs> so that turned into, well, what would be fun? And so I actually wrote this picture book for mums. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> called Dear Mama Bear with the Effed Up Hair. And it is, I found an incredible illustrator who's actually from my hometown in England. I've never met her, but we now know each other really well. And she illustrated the book perfectly. And it is, it's a beautiful picture book for mums. It's going to come out later this year, but it tells a story. It's an authentic, poignant, it's dark, and it's sometimes funny journey of motherhood. And as I didn't realize quite how much it was my story, ironically, until now I'm seeing it almost come to print and it's like hitting me like, whoa, this really is my story. And, you know, they say that you write the books that you're supposed to read. Yeah, <laughs> clearly you have. But yeah, to go back to the job. So after six months, I was invited back to work and I could see like there was, you know, buzz around that. Everybody on our team was really excited to be going back and relieved that the furlough was over. But for me, it gave me anxiety to think about stepping back into that world. And again, I just thought this is my now or never moment. I had, during the six months, I'd published books or I'd worked towards publishing um, some of my children's books. I'd, I'd taken a coaching course and got a coaching um, certification. And I just felt like I couldn't go back. I didn't want to go back into that world of high stress, long hours, and also juggling being a mum. And so I didn't, I let them know I wasn't going to come back and I stepped away. And that was two years ago. And to be very honest, it's been the biggest roller coaster because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Just all I knew was it didn't feel right anymore to be working in that role. And that's where I have actually ended up. What, I've, what I do now is I, I've got what's called a flex role with the same company. So I sort of have gone back in a little bit because mainly because of the depression that I was still going through. So what I'm doing now is like it's what's working for me is I have some stability in this as my business is growing and as I'm coming out of my depression, I felt like I needed some support in not going back into that corporate world, but having some kind of paycheck coming in because yeah. <laughs> right? that's stressful when you're a new entrepreneur. So what I'm doing now is I'm doing sort of a hybrid. I'm working, you know, some hours every day in a corporate role, but in a flex role. So I get to say, you know, at 4.30 every day, I, don't, I shut my email down and I don't touch it again until the next day, which is entirely different to what I was doing before. Yeah. But more than anything, I'm growing. I have the ability now to grow my, my books and my business and my coaching business the way I want to. And at the same time, recover from this depression that I didn't even realize was there. Yeah. So, well, let's, I was going to ask you about that. Maybe your insight on this. I, because I, I treat so many women with depression. I've struggled with depression my own. And I sometimes wonder, you know, when you get in that fast pace, I know for me, when I, sometimes I think I self-medicate my depression with being super busy. Yes. Because I think it lights up my dopamine and I, and, but I don't think it's necessarily the best because it kind of burns you out and which can make depression a little bit worse. 
but it's kind of the only way I know how or that I've coped with it is to overdo it. And I think a lot of type A women do a similar thing. There's something that's driving them. And I think sometimes it can be this unknown depression. I was wondering if you could maybe speak to your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. I really resonate with that. Like, I think that's what I was doing. And I didn't realize that I, I knew I wasn't happy in with myself. I was very happy, you know, in certain aspects of my life, but there was just this weight that was all around me that I couldn't shift. And I didn't realize quite how bad it was until I stopped. And it was, it was that like when I stopped, when I was forced to stop, I think it was that rose up because I was used to, well, let's just forge on with what's the next project. And especially, you know, leading a team and and being involved in in corporate America and having four children, there is always something to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> always, always more than something. There's always a million things to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it did, it really did. I am, you know that typical type A that I didn't know how to exist without having all this incredible stress in my life. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, I've talked with my therapist about this and I mean, I've touched with people about this, like if it ties back to a self-worth issue, if, you know, if, if you're defining your self-worth based on the things that you're doing and you're like, well, I'm going to do this and that makes me feel better versus, yeah. you know, when you stop your job and then there's nothing going on and you're like, wait, I defined myself through my work. Now, what do I define myself? And I don't know. Does that resonate with you as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, it was interesting because whenever people at work would address me, they'd always say, I know you're so busy, but so I had this aura of I'm busy, right? And that, and I did like that went with, I'm so busy and yet I still can do all of this stuff. And that was sort of building me up. But it, as I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that woman who's always busy, but it did. It was, it really made me feel needed that I had to, in my, you know, like I was controlling so many different aspects. And in fact, <laughs> I remember I have a therapist I talk to now, but I was, I also have a coach and I was talking to my coach about this one time. And I was saying, you know, I've just got so many plates I'm spinning, I'm spinning all these plates. And she said, well, what if you could hand one of the plates that you're spinning to your husband? What if you could hand him a plate? And my instinct, which is awful, and I, you know, regret now, but my instinct was to say, well, I, I guess I'd have to let it fall. I guess it would have to, I'd have to let him fail because I felt <laughs> low and else could do it. Right. Like I had this control. And I think that's part of it too, is this, like, it is tied to self-worth because I felt like I couldn't give anyone else these plates that I was spinning. And yeah, of course I could. I just had to let go of having it done my way. Yeah. Right. And then really working on what is it that defines me? What's in here inside that needs to come out? And a lot of it was around how I view myself, how I wasn't loving myself. I wasn't giving any, you know, self-care was completely foreign to me. I had no idea what that really even was. And so, yeah, it definitely was a huge factor in, in my depression. Well, and I think this is a lot of, this is like the plight of women is that we constantly are you know, I have a friend who took that plate spinning metaphor and she was like, I just realized that there were all these plates and I was never making a plate of food for myself. <laughs> but it's so true. We're constantly like, we're doing this for somebody else, our husband, our kids, our boss, our yeah. colleagues, our, our friends, or this. and there's not a lot of, you know, and I think there's sometimes some guilt around, oh, well, I couldn't do that for myself because that would be selfish. Yes. But you know, that everyone knows that saying you can't pour from an empty cup or if you're not giving yourself nourishment, how can you be the best mother, yeah. boss, employee, absolutely partner, whatever, whatever role you're playing? If you haven't fed yourself first, you're not going to be able to do those other roles. That's so true. Yeah. Honestly, that's what in the two years that I started this entrepreneurship, 
it actually hit quite hard because I realized, and that's sort of why I went back to this hybrid just for a bit, because I realized I wasn't taking care of myself and I was applying everything I'd learned in the corporate world to being an entrepreneur, which didn't work because I was applying that, like, you have to work hard. You have to work hard. You have to work hard, which yes, you do, but there's a way to do that and take care of yourself. And so what happened was I completely burnt out. Um, and two of my sons had pretty significant incidents happen in their lives where as a mom, it hit me so hard and I had nothing left to give. Like I really had nothing left to give. And that's when actually I got to know you and that's when I went back to my therapist because I realized I had absolutely nothing left to give because I hadn't taken care of myself at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think that when you said like you work hard or you do have to work hard, but it's almost like you have to work smarter. You've got to, you've got to figure out like, okay, I need to, and being an entrepreneur is difficult. You have to, there's so many things you have to do, but you also have, like that self-care piece has self-care. to be one of the things that you put it at doesn't. the top of the list. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think and, if, you if you don't know that, like I didn't, then yeah. it's going to hit you hard. Yes, it will hit you and you'll learn it, which you learn all <laughs> lessons when you're an entrepreneur. Oh, totally. At some point, you know, you fail yeah. and this happens, you learn, but yeah, yeah. And sometimes a lot of people have to go through that entrepreneurial burnout to be like, oh yeah, wait, that's right. I got to put myself up on that priority <laughs> list. And that can look different for everyone. You know, I think sometimes, and I've talked about this before on the show, self-care doesn't look the same for everyone. No. Or, you know, it, or, you know, it may not look the same for you in any given week. It might be, particularly as a woman, you might have, you know, the week before your cycle, self-care might look a little bit different yes. than it looks when you're ovulating or, it's you know, it, so, because we have cyclical hormones and maybe your self-care routine, maybe in your twenties, it looked a certain way. And maybe now you're in your forties and maybe it looks different. You know, you yeah. have different needs in different parts of your life. And sometimes I think it just takes, and this is why, again, this is a message I talk about every, almost every episode, <laughs> make sure you have support, like yes. somebody who's reflecting back to you, Hey, maybe you should try this or somebody that is taking care of you. Absolutely. Cause I think that as women, we constantly are taking care of other people and for men too, this applies for both men and women. We're mostly talking about women here, but <laughs> you need to have somebody every week or twice a week with a coach or a therapist yes. or a naturopathic doctor or a physical therapist or an acupuncturist, whoever it is, yes. who's just carried it for you. Absolutely. And when you do that, then it, I mean, so many doors opened for me once I did that. And that, yeah. and it, it really has been this big realization that I can no longer put that aside. That's a, I have to have, you know, there's nice to have and, and, and all of that, but that's like, I cannot not have that anymore. Yeah. Like I yeah, won't yeah. give up my sessions with you. I won't give up my sessions with my therapist because I need those. Like, yeah. yeah, I really Yeah. Do. And they make you, again, they're going to make you a better entrepreneur. They're, yeah. For, as an entrepreneur, as a business mindset, that's like a necessary expense. That's like, yeah, that's absolutely. just as important as rent or, you know, whatever yeah. your, or your, your, absolutely. your website, whatever it is. It's, it's yeah. that it's, it should be up there of importance. And absolutely. if you're not, if that isn't in your, if you are an entrepreneur, you're listening, if that's not in your budget, that needs to go into your budget. It needs to Some into- sort of self-care support has got to go in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? Yeah. I just think for specifically what's helped me and it's really interesting. And I think that's where you surprised me with your answer with this was my therapist had said to me that she wanted me to give antidepressants a try. Yeah. And for me, that was really difficult. And I'm actually starting a podcast myself in, in June and I'm going right. to have my therapist on and I'd love to have you on oh, as well. Yeah, definitely. And I've asked my therapist to come on with me because I want her to talk about like sort of how she teed that up to me about going on an antidepressant because she knew I was so against it. And coming to you, I always, I've been very 
want to do things naturally. I don't want to go on any medication. I sort of had that out there. And she knew that she actually said to me, she was seeing me for two years and then I stopped seeing her and then I came back to her and she said, had I said that to you two years ago, you would have run for the hills. You wouldn't have come back to me. And so she built this relationship with me to where she finally said, Joe, I really want you to give antidepressants a try. You are depressed and I, I know you are and I just don't think you know quite how depressed you are. And so I took that and sort of sat with it for a while. And then I actually had an appointment with you yeah. like the following week and I came to you and I, and I just felt, I knew you were going to say, don't do it, don't do it. You know, like, because you had me on this love, you know, you had me on some adrenal support things and some remedies that were starting to work, but there was still something not working. And you really surprised me when you were like, do it. You said, absolutely. Like, and maybe you can explain that more that yeah. you've had women and that it, that it really helps. Well, so. I think, I think as a naturopathic doctor and working with a lot of women with anxiety and depression, obviously I would love to do everything naturally. And this is with, it could be depression or it could be anything that we're dealing with. And when I was in school, I learned you start with diet and lifestyle with whatever yes. condition you're treating. And then if that, you know, if the patient is unwilling or someone can't do those or it's not working, then you move to an herbal medication or homeopathic or something else that kind of helps the body. And if that doesn't work, then you do move to the next level of intervention, which would be a medication. And there's nothing, I mean, at the end of the day, as a practitioner, I want my patients to feel better. Yeah. And sometimes when you are in a really depressed place and you can't mm -hmm. see out of it, I mean, I've had people before that come in and they're like, I'm, I'm really depressed. I can't get off the couch. I can't do any of the lifestyle practices that right. you're recommending. I can't even take my supplements. Right. And in that case, a small dose of a medication, the benefits are going to outweigh the risks. And you kind of look at it like, okay, we're going to do this for a few months to get yes. you up out of the hump. We will do yeah. the, and while we're doing that and we will do diet and lifestyle, we will add in some supplements. And then, you know, in a few months we will say, okay, Hey, how are you doing? Are you doing better? Because the truth is some people do need their depression. Sometimes their brain chemistry is such a way that that's helpful for them. Yes. Some people need them as a bridge. Yes. They're in a rough point. And, you know, and, and a lot of women like you, when you've run yourself into the ground, the stuff that I had you on or that, you know, that yeah. like, those will work, but it can yeah. take a long time. Right. Right. I mean, if you think about how long it takes for you to get to that place. Absolutely. And the beautiful thing about certain antidepressants is that they can speed up that process Right. And pull you out of the bog. And now, granted, I'm not giving medical advice. This is not, you need to talk to no, your yeah. practitioner and make sure, yeah. you know, if you're thinking about this, that it is right for you. But in some cases, it can be the right decision. And yeah. I think there's a lot of stigma around it. And I get, I get a lot of patients that are like, oh my God, I'm not going to tell Dr. Kitty that I want to do right, this. And right, like, no, right. I really, in some cases, it can be amazingly beneficial. Mm -hmm. And again, if, and if you're someone who's like, I'm so against meds and I want to do things naturally, you can use it as a bridge. You know, and I think a lot of women in the postpartum period, yeah, they're in there, you can get into a really scary place and you're exhausted and maybe your diet's not that great and you're taking care of a little person. An antidepressant is going to, can really save you in that, right. in that situation. Again, talk to your doctor, make sure it's the right thing for you, but, but it, it can be, and you can, and I think when you marry them together with some of the more holistic mm -hmm. approaches with changing the diet, doing some lifestyle practices, working with a coach, working with a therapist, taking right. some supplements, it can speed things up and you, it can be life-changing. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's actually, that's exactly what's happened for me. And that's the way I see it is that it's going to be a bridge for me. And even when I take it every day, I take it saying, this is helping me. This yeah. is going to help me. Like I'm not taking it going, oh, I have to take this. Like I, I've changed my the perspective about it. on this is helping me. And to your point, like I couldn't even, you had me on a routine I couldn't stick to it. I couldn't take the, I couldn't do the remedies every day. I was that low. 
Yeah. And I couldn't get out of bed every morning. And I didn't realize that that's depression. I just thought I was tired all the time. Yeah. I'm just well, and tired. That, of- and that happens to a lot of people. And sometimes like extreme fatigue can manifest in depression. They're kind mm-hmm. of a similar or, yeah. you know, or depression can cover But as you've noticed, as coming on that med, it can really help yeah. with your ability to do these other practices, yeah. which can be a really nice thing. It, yeah, it really is. Now, now I'm in this, you know, like I, I take it every day and then I take the remedies that you have me on every day. And I know that, you know, once I'm back to where I feel like, and, and back to where I feel like I'm, I'm existing, like, like it's me. I haven't felt like that in years. Yeah. And so that's what I'm really excited now. I'm taking it slow though, because I also don't want to slip back into that. Like, oh, I have all this energy. So now I'm going to burn myself Yes. Out. <laughs> Well, and that is a perfect, I'm glad you brought that up because I've done that so many times in my life. But my adrenal fatigue has been kind of my thing where I, you know, I've burned myself out. And as soon as I get energy, I'm like, oh, what's my next project? And I've right. had to learn, like, no, it's okay to just, you yeah. know, I think, I think when you're that type of person, a type A, you know, go yeah. get in person, you're going to go either a hundred percent or you're, and then you're going to crash and burn and you go at zero percent for a while, but it's learning to exist in the 60 to 80 percent yeah you don't have to go or 150 percent you know you don't have to go overboard right right that's one of my one of the things within the book uh well actually kind of like as I'm promoting the book I've come up with like it just came out of nowhere like I always you know it's like this super mom like I have to do everything perfectly and I have to you know do all these things right and I finally was like I don't want to be super mom anymore like that why why am I pushing myself to be super mom so like this phrase has come out with me like just take off the cape take off the cape and just be. And I didn't know even how to just be. Like, what does that mean to someone who's a type A? But I'm learning that it's just beautiful to just say, you know what, that mess that's happening over there is still going to be there tomorrow. So let's just, you know, yes. call it a night for that for right now. And let's I don't just, have to clean everything. I don't have yeah, to make everything like, look perfect. You know, like, let's just grab my 10-year-old and watch Toy Story 4 for the blind well, Yeah. Time, you know? <laughs> I don't know if your kids have watched Encanto. Oh, yes. And Love the it. strong, you know, the Louisa, yes. the strong one. I, I've had this conversation like 15 times the past couple of weeks that so many women are resonating like, wow, I don't have to be or the or the perfect one where she the starts making one. cactuses and, you know, she doesn't have to make the beautiful roses all the time. She could make something ugly and different. And like, that's mom, OK. Yeah, that, that's my whole thing. It's like the, the book is damn I'm about with the messed up hat or the, yeah. the effed up hat. Yeah. You don't have to have the perfect hair all the time. You know, like it's okay to be a beautiful mess. <laughs> yeah, and it, that's and I think that's a really good message. It's okay to be a beautiful mess, and it's okay to sometimes take medication. Yes, you know, the medication exists for a reason, and and I think I get into this discussion with colleagues, or you know, they're like, "Oh, you got to be one hundred percent natural, one hundred percent organic." You don't have. I mean, the end goal when you're on a healing journey is for you to feel better. <laughs> and for some people, that might be all organic, all you know, natural, yes. all things. But sometimes it might be a bridge of two things. And some people, you might not be into this. You want to take meds, and that's okay. That's fun. At the end of yeah. the day, the goal is for you to feel good about feeling good, and for you to feel Absolutely. good. Yeah. And no matter what path you go down, all of it's okay. Totally. And I think that's the biggest thing that I wanted to spread in my message is just getting rid of the stigma of saying like, like allowing yourself to say I'm not okay that was the yes. biggest thing for me to to actually admit I'm really struggling and even like had conversations with people in my family that were like we didn't know you were that bad you know we didn't and I didn't actually believe that I was that depressed and I'm like well I hid it from myself I hid it from everyone because there's this stigma that goes along with not being able to cope or not, you know, or having to take medication. And I'm just, I'm so over that. Like, yeah, it's okay to say we're not okay. And especially in the last two years, I mean, who's not 
<laughs> I, I think everybody's not. I mean, I, I recently saw, I think I had an appointment with my GYN and she asked, she's like, so how are you doing? How's your mood? And I was like, well, you know, I'm probably a little depressed. She's like, yeah, that would be normal. I would be scared for you if you weren't depressed. <laughs> Pretty much everyone, especially if you're in a healing, you know, if you are working with others and yeah, helping I mean, other people. She's like, I think it would be weird if you didn't have some mild depression after everything that we've been through absolutely. in the past couple of years as a society. Yeah, it's been a lot. Yeah, it's, it has been a lot. So it's okay to not be okay. There's a, there's a song I must do sometimes. It's by like Marshmallow or something. And it's literally called "It's Okay to Not Be Okay." It's a great, it's a great song. <laughs> but it's it, and again, and I talk about this a lot. It's okay to reach out for support and find someone to help you. And I think that's sometimes it's hard one to admit that you're not doing okay. And sometimes yeah. as women, we have a hard time asking for help. So absolutely, this yeah. is your sign if you're listening and you're not yes. feeling great that it's okay to go reach out for help. It's okay Those to women. say that you're not okay and. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to take meds if you need to, and you don't yep. have to be ashamed of that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would encourage everyone to share their story because when you, and that was, that's what's being sort of foreign to me is this like admitting, A, admitting to myself that I'm depressed, admitting to my family, but then also on a broader level, sharing my story. But I realized like in doing that, if we all share our stories, then we're normalizing the fact that we're, yeah. that we're not okay. And yeah. that's what I feel pretty passionate about. Well, I'm so pleased that you're sharing this message. I think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So where can people find the book? <laughs> when it comes out well it's going to it eventually will be on amazon so you can follow me as an author on amazon at joe Great. dodd and you'll get notified when the book is available but also i have a website living in jotopia so i made jotopia is my my world so living in jotopia.com that's my handle on instagram as well is at living in jotopia so. that's great so everyone go follow joe look out for the book it's really good thank you <laughs> and thank you so much for being on the show it was great to have you thanks so much i really enjoyed it all right everyone we'll see you next week i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the dr kinney show be sure to follow the show and leave a rating and a review it supports me so much plus i always love hearing from you guys thanks so much for tuning in and i'll talk to you next week